All right, cool. Then we can get started with this friendly expert talk. And uh, to be honest, this was the one I was looking forward to the most um, because of the topic and uh, because of, of, of the speaker of Emma J. Um, and um, yeah, first I want to deep dive into into who you are, Emma Jane, and, and what brought you here. Um, but first, again, first, let me congratulate you by being listed as one of the 20 most influential people in the metaverse. Um, that's super impressive. I saw that uh, that blog post. Um, and can you introduce yourself? Who are you? What's your background? And what got you into uh, into blockchain? Sure. Um, yeah. So. I think that's the article, right? I didn't pay too much attention to that because it was like very much of a, a web two um, article, but, but thank you for, um, yeah. yeah, for, for saying that as well. So my background, um, well, I'm Australian. So I grew up in actually to kind of go back from the very start. I mean, I grew up in like a, a really small beach town in Australia called, um, Lennox Head, but ever since I was young, I always wanted to, um, be like an inventor and a creator. I just love the idea of being able to generate um, new amazing stuff that then could go on to like completely change the world. So I always really had that in me. And then um, growing up, I went to, when I graduated school, I went to the University of Sydney in Australia to study space engineering um, for about two years. And that was like halfway through my course, I dropped out to actually go into Web3 full time. So it was around when I was like, 17 or so. Um, so about six years ago that I started becoming more interested in the Ethereum community and, and Bitcoin itself, crypto, understanding more what it was actually about. Um, and I kind of like dabbled around the edges for a few years, like still at, at school studying, studying engineering. And then um, it was kind of like halfway through my course when I realized, wow, I really need to, to build in Web3. And um, I also realized at that time that um, the traditional education system w yeah, wasn't going to get me there. In fact, it wasn't going to allow me to achieve anything that I wanted to um, because the way it's set up is very Web 2. It's, it's very much like a gatekeeper centralized system where it's like, okay, the way that they rank students or the way that they kind of like score your understanding on things it's like all you have to do is like memorize a book. Um, I, I really found that. And um, yeah, it, it just wasn't about actually empowering people to go out and um, create design, invent, um, you know, be engineers in a sense for, for like the very authentic form. And so, yeah, I really came to that understanding was like, well, um, this really isn't for me. So I'm just going to take a leap of faith and, and drop out and, and go full time into Web3. And that was kind of like a big decision in some ways, in some ways very small, um, because I also, when I first started university, I also kind of knew that I would, I'd never finish it. But um, also kind of a, a big thing as well, because up until then, like I'd been very much in the school system and space engineering was a really hard course to get into. It required like a lot of studying of maths and physics and, and different kind of forms of sciences. So um, it was also like throwing away a lot of um, time, effort and resource that I had put into years leading up to that. And also because my dream since being young was to go to space and like start um, new colonies, whether that's like on matriarchal worlds or some other crazy stuff. But um, it was always about that as well. So, and it's still very much a dream of mine, but it was also understanding that, well, 
how do I get there? And the traditional education system definitely won't be that way. So then um, I went full time into Web3 and I actually started out at a hedge fund where um, I was trading in the crypto markets. Um, and I was trained by Bruno Ixel, who is a really well-known ex-JP Morgan trader. He used to actually hedge the entire bank's balance sheets, um, particularly in the global financial crisis as well. He worked under the CIO office at JP Morgan. And he wow. focused on this trading strategy um, called, it's like variant swap strategy. So it's, it's options trading mostly. It doesn't have to be, but it's usually rooted in that. And um, only a very few handful of people in the world actually know this strategy and really how to do it well and comprehensively. And that's because um, it is incredibly hard in, in terms of it, it takes real guts because for 99.9% .9 of the time, you are absolutely bleeding money or bleeding capital. Um, and it's usually when the markets are going up. So in a bull run like now, you'd be absolutely getting wrecked almost. Um, but the way that this strategy makes money, it's all about convexity. And so it's when you get these massive market move movements, which you probably might have heard of like black swan events, these events in the markets that call these like catastrophic yeah. shifts and no one can predict mm -hmm. them. Um, this is where the variant swap strategies take form in a sense. This is where they flourish. This is where they suck up the entire liquidity of everyone else and they perform with incredible asymmetry. Um, and this is what he actually taught me. So I was trained under Bruno Ixel, co-piloting this hedge fund with him and a few others out of Australia and Dubai, um, and also Paris. And so was really working on that. And he taught me how to set up variant swaps. And I was trading that on Darabit for Bitcoin options. Liquidity was like very interesting there, particularly at that time too. Um, so yeah, it was it was incredible kind of coming into the market from this way because I can tell you I'm not a day trader at all. I have no idea how people day trade, but I um, very much have this mindset of how do you create anti-fragile structures in markets to um, ensure that no matter the market conditions, no matter what's happening, you have different systems set in place to be able to capture the convexity, mm -hmm. capture the delta and then benefit from that. And it's, it's very much how I've kind of setting up the DataLex ecosystem. But um, to then kind of lead into, well, how am I here today from that? So I did that for a few years um, and also then became very immersed in the DeFi space leading on from that. And um, because, you know, a hedge fund and Darabin, these like still centralized exchanges, that was kind of like my first lead in. And then um, when I discovered DeFi, I was like, just fell in love with it as well. I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. I, like the innovation that is taking place in this space is incredible. And I remember, you know, even last year in 2020, in August, I was actually in, in France, in Paris with, with Bruno at that time as well. And we were watching like the DeFi Pulse chart when like the liquidity was like 1 billion or the total value lock, sorry, was 1 billion. And it was just like sitting there watching the chart go up. And it was like 4 billion. It was like, holy shit, this is crazy. And then, you know, like now 4 billion is like nothing. It's like, that's like an average size of a protocol. Um, so yeah, I, I was really involved in that space. But then um, the more I got into Web3, the more I also started discovering other areas like NFTs, social tokens, mm -hmm. just really how you can leverage decentralized tech to um, create incentive structures around any, anything and, you know, remove gatekeepers, remove centralized controllers. But the more that I fell into it, I realized that 
um, in order to onboard like or gain mass adoption of Web3 and to really have it revolutionize everything that we know it can, getting there through finance is a really difficult way to do it because, you know, you go up and you talk to people about like variant swaps, about yield farming, about just like any other crazy thing, staking even. They're like, what the hell? That's so confusing. It doesn't make sense. Um, And so I really struggled with that. I was like, well, how can I use the agency that I have to to make the greatest impact? And although I loved the financial side, um, it also wasn't something that I I saw myself in like as a silo long-term. And so I started looking at other industries. Well, where could Web3 disrupt? And I came across fashion and I was like, wow, this is absolutely amazing because fashion is an industry that is so fundamental to everything. I mean, where does computation actually come from? It comes from textile production. Many people don't know that, but it's wow, the industry that's that. been around. Yeah, it's, it's the industry that's been around for forever. Um, like go back thousands of years to Egyptian times or whatever. And well, what was the main industry? It was like textile production, weaving, fabrication. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what's driven commerce and ec- economic activity for so long. And so, um, yeah, I, I fell in love with that and particularly started looking more at digital fashion and the metaverse, how this is disrupting everything. And just decided, like, I'm going to just go go all in on this. And um, it was about a year ago today that I, um, yeah, st- started DigitalX, which is like a Web3 fashion ecosystem slash protocol. Cool. Yeah, I love the introduction. Um, and super interesting, like, also hearing from you, your background in, in the trading space and DeFi space. Um, can, can you explain a little bit more about um digitalx or is that what you call your agency or is it what is it for you because on, on the website we read a decentralized protocol for unlocked interoperable economies involving fashion gaming modding uh, nfts DeFi, and DAOs. and then the tagline which i really love is web3 fashion economy um but how would you describe it in a, in a few words what a digital yeah. access <laughs> that's a really hard question um and i struggle with it too it's like where to kind of, how to describe what's being built because um it's like an emporium of of so much but um in a, a really kind of base form it is um a protocol so we're on ethereum or also on polygon network and we are using decentralized tech everything from native eip standards to um nfts to defi to daos to unlock um, the fashion economy as it stands today. So really to transform and revolutionize Web2 fashion, which is very extractive, it's extremely exploitative. The value is just concentrated and locked amongst a few players at the top of the, the supply chain. Um, so we're using decentralized tech to overhaul all of that, to actually bring fashion into Web3 where it can exist in a generative um, ecosystem that isn't destructive of the commons. It, it actually incentivizes and motivates and brings value, creative financial value to designers, to wearers, buyers, collectors, everyone within that ecosystem. Um, and that's really closely adjacently aligned with the metaverse because fashion is so much about self-expression. It's so core to identities, who we are. And um, the metaverse is really just like the next stage of this immersive 4D multi-dimensional environment where fashion will also be um yeah incredibly important to that. So 
Um, hopefully that made some sense, but yeah, it's really kind of the the foundations of it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, we will dive deeper with a with a few follow up questions on on your project as well. Um, like to make it more concrete, maybe for the people in the audience here, you organize or you co-organize the digital fashion week. Is is that a good example of how fashion is is trying to bridge with blockchain technology today, or is it just like more a gimmick on fashion and and or digital fashion and blockchain? How how did you experience that? Sure. So um, I can tell you a little bit. I mean, in order to define Web three fashion, it's it's really hard because really digital X were were like. Um, creating it in a sense as we go depending on what's happening in the market depending on like where we're at with certain things but um what we've done so far in the ecosystem so we have um an nft marketplace and that allows for digital and physical fashion designers to actually upload their items and sell them um as NFTs. Oh, did I just lose you? I don't know. Um, I don't hear you anymore. No? I'm, uh, yeah, you're back. You're back. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Okay. Um, yeah. So we have NFT marketplaces, which allow fashion designers to upload and sell their items as NFTs. We have actually um, three marketplaces. So we have our kind of digital fashion one, which is focused on digital fashion. We have physical mm -hmm. fashion NFT marketplace. Um, which is really cool as well. It's like physical fashion NFTs that are shipped um, to buyers. Then we also have our Gins fashion marketplace, which is more on the gaming side. So um, that's kind of okay. the, the first like marketplace side, but to dive a little bit deeper into more layers of that and um, how that works. So very much we're focused on how do you bring utility to digital fashion in a Web3 native way. Um, and we do that in one way through our decentralized esports platform, Esper. So that allows um, people to go into our marketplace, purchase these skins, then take them into different gaming environments that we integrate with. And instead of play to earn, we call it where to earn, where it's um, the fashion kind of being able to earn them yield in game. So these players, they're identified by their fashion NFTs, their skins in these different environments. They engage in like esports battles and then they get paid out in our native Mona token um, when they reach certain leaderboard rankings and complete certain quests. So that's one side of it. Then we also integrate a lot of DeFi functionalities within fashion. It's, it's kind of broadening the space of well, what is where to, where to earn. How do you put your fashion to work for you, earn yield um, as, a, as a collector or aware of the fashion? And um, how that works is all of the NFTs on our marketplaces can actually be staked for um, Mona Yield. And that's actually how we distribute mm -hmm. our token in like a, a really fair way. So that's kind of more the sales side. We also have a global designer network, DAO, which is like hundreds of digital and physical fashion designers coming together to um, create like NFT fashion, but also bring forth native Web3 projects and further um, develop the market from a, a more merchant side of things. We also have um, more of the technical scope of the ecosystem where we're um, engineering a 3D interoperable file format called Dash because um, interoperable 3D content is a really big challenge. We think about kind of growing out the broader base of um, content for the metaverse. 
Then um, we also have kind of a, a Web3 publishing platform, DigiFizzy, where it's like where we release um, native yep. like Web3 okay. content. And then, yeah, bring forth kind of events like Web3 Fashion Week. So that's not everything, but um, it should give you kind of a good overview of some of yeah. the stuff that we do. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, and it's a lot. And, and we're going to try to focus on, uh, on the most important ones for uh, yeah for people in the audience because we, we, we believe that we should listen from from stories from yeah experts and good entrepreneurs and project leaders to uh, to inspire people to, to start building within a within the metaverse or in the tree environment um like would we say that did you already uh, um, um did, did you already use the term where to earn like we in, in blockchain gaming we say play to earn would we could we say the same like staking your fashion like where to earn yeah, exactly. So it is a bit of a play on play to earn. Um, and instead it's like, how do you put your fashion to work for you with, you know, out being a model, yeah. which very much in Web3, Web three, sorry, you can do. Cool. And um, about the project itself, how many, so is it a project with um, as a company or is it because you were talking about more decentralized autonomous organization or DAO? Um, how much developers are working with you? How, how big is the community today? Sure. Yeah. So um, we are not a DAO just yet. We're progressively decentralized. We're, we're very like mm -hmm. Web3 native um, in the way that we operate. But um, the team right now, I mean, the core team, which is really building a lot of the infrastructure um, at the moment in order to just drive the protocol fast, put in the right kind of um, structures in place so that when we do progressively decentralize, it really works because we don't want to become a protocol where it's just like you own a token and then you you vote vote like on a snapshot proposal. It's like just basic coin voting. That's not really mm -hmm. a DAO in a sense. It's not going to allow us to get to where we need to go. Um, and so at this stage, really the focus is to build out these core pillars of the infrastructure so that we can start um, generating squad wealth for everyone involved in the ecosystem, kind of taking the moss out of the pipes and letting the um, yeah water flow very liquidly down that. So um, the core team itself, it's seven of us. Um, there's four um, full-time like Web3 engineers on Solidity and um, like Web3 front end. We call them Metaverse engineers. So that's James, Haruto, Cameron, and Victor um, that have really been with Digitalex as well from almost the very start. Then um, there's myself, who's kind of doing a whole range of things within that, um, mm -hmm. everything from the engineering to um, the community side. And then um, we also have Harry, who is our um, community kind of manager and lead within DigitalX. And then we have um, Stan and May, who are on kind of the core design side, because DigitalX is very much like a in-house um, fashion studio as well. So... That's that side of things. But um, yeah, we are progressively decentralizing and how we're doing that as well is by kind of modulizing each part of the ecosystem and setting up sub DAOs instead of just like a, a quick switch overnight with this whole yeah. like massive infrastructure, which um, yeah, just kind of saying, hey, we're down now. It wouldn't really work. And so we are instead kind of sub DAOing different models and parts of it, um, which then kind of is segregated by different kind of token economics and like voting powers and delegations, which then eventually will lead into the entire ecosystem being completely owned 
by um, everyone that's a part of it. And we've really maintained that from the start when we launched last year um, and with every token that we've launched since, but also with our core governance and utility token, Mona, um, the team took 0% allocation, 90% was distributed for staking rewards for the community, and then 10% was retained for um, the treasury as really like a skin in the game going forward. But um, yeah, we've really maintained that. Interesting. Yeah, great to to distribute it that way. Um, Easy question now. What blockchain technology are you built on? And would you pick the same um, technology if you had to start from uh, from zero again? Sure. So we're on Ethereum and then um, we migrated to Polygon around February this year. So we're on both of those um, chains. And if I had to pick again, yeah, I would 100% pick Ethereum every time, kind of like what I was saying at the start, the just productive capacity and authenticity of the community and the ecosystem. um, You can't get anywhere else in in Web3 almost. Yeah, fair uh, fair enough. Um, About the NFTs, the the sort of the fashion NFTs or the wearables, you can use them in different metaverses, games, and with different avatar NFTs, like, for instance, like like a Mebit. Is this how I can see it? Or do you need to have, like, partnerships with specific games or metaverses or avatar projects to um, to make them interoperable? Sure. Um, yeah, it's a good question. So there's two sides to that. I mean, the technical side, like I was kind of saying before, you can't just create... Um, arbitrary like 3d fashion in a software and then drag and drop that anywhere um the the system would actually like break like the file would break itself and so you have to kind of be as a designer pretty specific at this stage where like technical capabilities are at um when you're designing and so how we work is i mean in terms of our esper integrations we've done minecraft we've done among us um which are like really great modding games we really focus on the modding side of things for the gaming um, yeah. But then um, on our marketplace, we also have designers designing for crypto voxels, for Decentraland, um, for like other kind of in-game and social mm-hmm. metaverse environments. So it's it's really a broad range. And we're working a lot with our Dash 3D file format on um, bridging more of that interoperability to make it easier for designers and creators kind of globally within Web3 to be able to, um, yeah, better ship content for the metaverse. But yeah. as of now, it's like, yeah, designing more specifically for different content environments. Okay. And and would you say that what are, from your perspective, the biggest challenges today to bring fashion more to Web3? Is it like that we need more standards or that we just need more people or making more user-friendly, easy to understand? Well, what would be the biggest challenges? Um, yeah, really good question. So, um, well, I mean, to kind of go back a bit, like 12 months ago, Web3 fashion didn't even exist um, within the the broader Web3 or Ethereum community. So since then, it's really been about making the market, literally, um, you know, getting buyers, sellers, um, matching like limit orders in a sense in the market to, to yeah. make this kind of happen. But um, I'd say that the biggest challenge is more just people understanding more like more about that this stuff really exists and where it's going because it's kind of like the metaverse for some people they get it straight away and they really see it for majority of the population it's like they have no idea what's coming 
um, and it's going to be like the iPhone. It will just appear in everyone's laps overnight and then it will be adopted and, and be seen as normal. So it's it's very much the same with um, Web3 fashion is right now, it's hard for a lot of people to conceptualize or see, okay, well, how does this fit? Why is there value in it? How could it exist? Um, but just like everything else in and, you know, things that are just going absolutely exponentially um, in even like a few months to, um, yeah, a few months time, it's been going to be that thing. We're already seeing that a massive shift where it's like, how could this, this not exist? I mean, you know, it was so obvious all along, just like everything. When, when anyone looks back, yeah. it's incredibly obvious. Yeah, yeah, makes total sense. And because um, you were talking about like, the three types of fashion um, that you have with the digital and then also the hybrid digital physical NFT fashion um, mm -hmm. by Drip, if I'm correct. It, yes. Is that is that an, a strategy to bring the mainstream fashion world more into Web three, or how can we see that like that that hybrid digital fashion NFT? Sure. Yeah. So it definitely that was a huge motivation behind setting up the um, kind of physical side of things because when we we first launched, it was really more of a core focus on digital. Um, just because the range of what you can do in digital is is so much more extensive, physical kind of gets limited in certain areas. Um, but yeah, Drip was really about that. It was about targeting more of the just traditional buyers market, designers market, collectors market, um, and targeting more of that as a way to actually onboard them into NFTs, into crypto, into Web three. Because in that marketplace, we also accept fiat. Um, which is kind of great for, for that broader market that are coming into things. And then they're able to like set up a wallet and clean their NFT, stake it, earn yield, like this whole kind of pathway. So um, that was more of the strategy. But since then, we're, we've really been building it out more. And we did kind of some really cool DeFi partnerships with a lot of the top protocols in the space to design them for merch that then could be staked. Um, and we will continue to build out the physical side. And yeah, really use it as a way to as well bridge more of the physical fashion design community um, directly into creating with decentralized tech as their, their core kind of materials and, and medium. Okay, yeah, cool. Um, yeah, good strategy, uh, in, in my opinion. Is the people that interact with your project, would you say that they are coming more from the DeFi world or the NFT world or from the broader market? I love that word. I always, word, I always say mainstream market, but, uh, but yeah, the broader market. Where do they come from? Sure. Yeah. So it's it's an entire mix, um, the digital tech community, which I love because it's like a complete bazaar. You have um, some people that are really like the, um, how do I say it's not typical is the wrong word, but like very much like the, the crypto trader community. Um, and we all have this right in our communities. It's like when moon, when token, these kind of stuff, yeah. which um, is very native to, to Web3, to, to crypto itself. So we have mm -hmm. definitely those people in our community. Then we have like the other end of the spectrum, which is like the, um, how do I say, like just the Web3 kind of noob in a sense, like they're very new to Web3, very new to NFTs. And that, that's really the designing community as well, which um, I love and we're, we're cultivating that a lot because it's so important to everything that we're doing. Um, but they're bridging into to Web3 in that they're understanding NFTs for the first time. They're kind of been 
going down this rabbit hole of, wow, okay, so there's like this side and I thought NFTs were, were just this, but I can do this and this and like Web3 fashion is so much more. So we also have that end and then everything in between from like um, other engineering developer ecosystems within Web3, like crypto voxels, Decentraland community, um, general DeFi NFT community. Like it's very hard to kind of... Um, Defined because I'd really say like the Digitalx ecosystem is is very spread out yeah. on so many verticals. Okay, cool. Thanks um, for that answer. And um, because you have experience with different metaverses, when you say crypto voxels, decentralized, where do you see from your point of view as a builder? Where do you see like most activity? Um, because we work really well or a lot with the sandbox as well. Um, where yeah where do you see most activity and where what do you see the the, the tri most thriving metaverse of the future sure um really good question so i guess how i see the metaverse is that it, it won't be there'll be one big metaverse and um within that there'll be many different realms and so when i think mm -hmm. about okay like decentralized sandbox all these ones that are existing today whether they're around in five, 10, two years, I have no idea. I mean, some of them I, I see more than others in the way that they're kind of building certain things and the way that they're set up. Mm -hmm. But um, I see them more as like realms within that. And so um, in terms of like digital X and, and where we're looking, we're, we're really maintaining agnostic because again, I, I do think that is the future. It's not about having one standard one um, or like kind of yeah, different metaverses it's, it's where there won't be like a sandbox metaverse a decentralized metaverse uh xyz metaverse it'd be one metaverse and there'll be different realms you can go in and interact engage socialize communicate form relationships within um so in terms of activity today i mean definitely there is like a community around decentralized crypto voxels and sandbox and a large part of that is because we are limited in the market at the moment of like blockchain um, gaming social environments. There's not many that exist. There's also some in space as well um, within that, but there, there isn't many that exist. And so I think the amazing thing about the NFT rush um, in the past kind of 12 months, it is just being able to incentivize so many more builders and creators, designers to just flood into the space and get excited by Web3. Oh. Um, and that's why it's a truly amazing time to be just building and be like living um, in, in seeing what's happening. Um, it's incredible. And so what I'm really excited about is to kind of see in the next 12 months or so what has been like, it's probably going to even be sooner just because things move so fast. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, like who who's cultivating different projects and that out of that um because it's yeah moving moving really really fast it is it is yeah, it's like super hard to uh, take a, a week <laughs> off at the office because so much happens in, in in one week only um so i understand that and before i i jump into the next question i wanted to say to the audience if you want to ask your question you will be able to do so in, uh, in about 10 minutes on stage but you can also ask your question directly by typing it in the chatter channel here on uh, on discord and i will read it out loud so i have a few more questions uh from my side do you emma jane do you have like other examples of um where fashion is embracing web3 like maybe from other companies other projects that you uh, that you look up to Sure. Um, yeah, really good question. So, I mean, the market is is 
very kind of new. Um, I would say that there's other projects definitely in the space that are focused on the digital fashion side. So you have dematerialized fabricant, um, a few others, the names are completely passing over me. Um, I think artisan it's called or something like that, that name might be completely wrong. Um, but I, I would say that digital X is really focused more on web three fashion, um, which is different yeah. to digital because digital is more, um, digital, I would say, but web three is more about yeah. how do you use decentralized tech to, um, really kind of innovate and, um, yeah, promote pr productive capacity from, from that kind of side of things. Yeah. And would you say the fabricants, they are more into digital fashion or more, um, going into Web3 uh, fashion? Sure. So, no, they, I definitely would say that they are um, digital, they're amazing digital fashion designers. If you haven't seen their design, I definitely suggest anyone to to go and check them out. Um, really cool. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they are actually kind of dabbling more in, like, the NFT space. Um, so they've been coming into They did a few NFT drops this year and um, have probably seen like where the market is going and been very excited by it. So I wouldn't be surprised if, um, yeah, like in the next few months, we see so many more designers, companies, studios and that um, start to embrace Web3 fashion, which I cannot wait for because um, the market is like ready to to just um, yeah, completely erupt, and the more productive capacity that we can promote out of that, the the absolute better. Cool. Yeah. Well, what would be your advice? Because yeah, my next question was: Is there a future future for fashion designers in the metaverse? But you definitely answered that already. Um, so yes, there is a future for fashion designers in the metaverse. And um, what would be your best advice for those future fashion or Web three fashion designers? um on how to get started where to learn it where to uh yeah join discord join communities start making nfts um what would be your uh, your advice for them so, so i definitely say to join our global designer network dao um and that mm -hmm. is an amazing community of just completely inspiring uh, digital and physical fashion designers at, at all stages of their journey all stages of the of all stages sorry of their journey in learning web3 all stages of their journey in even like learning digital fashion, 3D software, um, physical even as well. And um, you can join that by just joining the Web3 Fashion GDN Discord. And I can drop a link. I can get that um, in a moment and put that in the chat. But um, yeah, yeah it's, it's just a really supportive, amazing community. And we've just kind of gone on chain, released our governance token. We're kind of releasing our liquid W3F Web3 Fashion Token as well, where that's going to be all about providing different experiences and, and NFT drops, products and that that we're bringing forth um, under the GDN DAO. So yeah, it's um, an, an amazing and inspiring community. And I would suggest anyone that just like wants to get involved in the Web3 Fashion space, um, join our Discord and um, yeah, start kind of interacting with, with all the different projects that we have going on. Yeah, perfect. We will share that link definitely here in a in a chatter. Um, or if Lawrence, if you can find that link to the to the Discord, then you can already put it in a chatter. In the meantime, people, this is the time to uh, to raise your hand or ask your questions in the chatter. Um, before we can read the first questions or go to the first questions here, um, I'm gonna continue asking some questions about DAOs. Um, so send um, yeah, decentralized autonomous organizations. 
what advice would you bring there? You were already saying like, we don't want to do a direct or total shift and say, yeah, digital X is now uh, becoming to a, a DAO, but more fragmenting uh, to transition. But are there specific tools that you use, specific, again, communities or uh, advisors that you that you need uh, for this? Or how would you how would you advise projects to start with DAOs? Sure. Um, yeah. So I, I would say that the first thing is there's a kind of a, a misconception sometimes when people think about DAOs that they think that they're flat, that it's like a flat structure and um, like static in a sense as well. But actually, it's the complete opposite. There are tiers within DAOs, but it's just that because it's on decentralized tech, the transparency, the dynamism, the way that instead it's operating as like nodes within a network or within like even like a graph in a sense, um, it really allows for that. And um, I think that's, you know, it's why communities sometimes when they go into becoming a DAO, they end up becoming really static and um, slow in a sense, because it's like they're trying to coordinate um, misaligned people. And that's a really important part is that when you have a DAO, there's got to be a strong mission driving it forth. And all the members of that DAO um, being aligned to that and you incentivize the alignment through different token economic structures. I mean, that's really the like such the, the transformative thing about like different EIP standards of whether that's NFTs or more liquid um, fungible tokens like ERC20s is that you can set up different economic incentive models um, to make sure that you're being able to drive forth whatever that is. And within a DAO, that's usually a, a broader mission. And so um, with DigitalX, the, the mission is incredibly kind of um, broad in the sense that it's the entirety of, of Web3 fashion and, and really driving that forth and having kind of these substructures underneath to take care of different topics within that because there's so many subcategories that make up the fashion industry. Like even when I was talking about um, our like magazine, our Web3 publishing magazine, DigiFizzy, well, when you look at the traditional fashion industry, how does so much content get propagated to the rest of the market? It's through like Vogue, these massive magazines. That's that's how people stay on trend with what's happening. And so DigiFizzy was really about a Web3 native version of that. But instead of just fashion, it's about um, bringing together the entirety of kind of the, the core and authentic Web3 ecosystem um, and providing that content platform. So um, it's about having kind of these different subcategories within it and how we're doing it and kind of when you're saying from the advice side well um momentum and engagement and um interconnect inter and interconnectivity of different members with across different DAOs and within different DAOs is incredibly important to be able to stay on track and keep things moving forward keep the activity keep productive capacity um financial and creative wealth being able to be generated and grown and cultivated throughout that and so how we are doing it is by starting with just segmenting across these different substructures. And so we started with the Global Designer Network DAO, which is really focused on more the merchant activity of the designers, bringing them on board, creating that supply side and having that in, and in abundance so more designers can continue to bridge in, create, use these new tools to properly go Web3 full-time, not have to rely on these extractive models within Web2 and the precarity that comes from that. Um, and then different parts of the ecosystem that were um, slowly like progressively decentralizing on top of that includes like 
the Dash DAO, which we actually just announced today, which is really focused on 3D interoperability and technical um, development of content within the metaverse. And so we have our like engineering structure built for that, which we're completely open sourcing and going to start growing more of that like open source developer and engineering community around 3D format interoperability using Dash as like the core infrastructure to incentivize that. Um, and then also we have, like I mentioned, the other aspects like Esper, for example, which is our decentralized esports platform. And that's more like the gaming and modding side. And we will be forming that more into a DAO um, than even DigiFizzy and the Web3 publishing side, having like a DAO for that. Because what that allows is for people to find their squad within this broader Web3 fashion metaverse ecosystem, rather than it just being like a, like a, a big kind of static movement keeping things mm. nimble, fast, um, iterative, and then um, having these substructures, which then leads into being able to progressively decentralize kind of that entire community and maintain ownership for anyone that is part of that ecosystem. Um, and that's really where more of the the Mona token, which is our core utility token, and our Genesis Mona NFTs, which is like different tiers, again, within the DAO and, and the governance rights and responsibilities, um, how we get to that being fully decentralized as well. Interesting. Yeah. Um, about the Mona token, is it so the Mona token is used for um, for the Mona protocol or um, do you have another name maybe for the protocol? And and is the Mona token the way to purchasing NFTs on uh, your marketplace? Because you were also saying that you can purchase via um, fiat money. Sure. Yeah, good question. So um, Mona is, it's the core token of DigitalX and it has governance utility that isn't unlocked yet. When we become a DAO, that will be fully unlocked. Um, okay. And for reasons aforementioned, why we haven't done that just yet and we're progressively getting there, making sure everything is correctly set up. Um, but it also mm -hmm. has utility of value exchange as well within the ecosystem. And one of the um, utilities of that, or like kind of implementations of that value exchange is within our um, NFT marketplaces. So that's both the digital fashion marketplace on Polygon um, and then also the Esper Skins marketplace and also um, the Drip marketplace as well. So the Drip marketplace also accepts Fiat as well as other DeFi tokens, mm -hmm. which we introduced as part of kind of some really cool collaborations that we brought forth. Um, and it's also used within Esper as the kind of core um, value and like livelihood stream payout for the players as they engage in these different battles and quests. So um, they're kind of, yeah, some of the core like utility and usages is, that are, are live today. Cool, thanks. Um, before we get questions from the audience, or if you prefer in the audience, you can also like directly join um, the Discord, uh, the Web3 Fashion Discord, uh, and ask your questions there to Emma Jane, but I have still, Two questions for now, maybe more um, to ask you. Um, first one would be like on the Gartner hype cycle, where would you position Web3 fashion today? How big is the hype? And is it about to boom like we saw in blockchain gaming or is it something that already peaked and is now like more in the productivity cycle? Where, where do you position it? Yeah, really good question. I would say that... Um, it's not fully in the productivity cycle yet at all. In fact, I, I really think we're in like the 
left-hand side, if this makes any sense visually, but we're in like mm-hmm. the left-hand yeah. side of like the arbitrage in a sense. There's a massive arbitrage okay. coming for the entire industry. Um, and that's really because like the delta is so great now between people that are jumping on board and, and get it just like anything. Early adopters always end up kind of taking the most risk in um, having strong conviction for something that doesn't like isn't fully seen by everyone yet or majority of the market. Um, and then being able to kind of see that full arc to complete productive capacity and fruition, which, which comes yeah. at later stages when everyone's kind of clicked on. Just like what we're seeing now with, with NFTs, what we saw with DeFi, Web3, blockchain as a whole, and, and every other kind of huge technical innovation beforehand. Um, and so, yeah, it's definitely not at the um, productive kind of capacity and, and cycle yet. We still have... Um, different parts of the market to be matured and developed. And as I said, it's moving kind of in exponentials. Um, So within the next few months, radical transformations are coming around this. Yeah, great. And and that, that's my follow-up question. Like, what can we expect? Um, what, is, what is your vision uh, on, on the next six months? And then the most difficult question in uh, the blockchain world, what is your vision on where we will be in the next five years uh, regarding to uh, Web3 fashion? Yeah, very, very hard questions because I can tell you, I think in like, <laughs> I think in hundreds of years or days almost, um, but I would say, so in the next six mm-hmm. months, well, um, I mean, NFTs, These, like Shopify, for example, um, integrating and all of this stuff going live within the next few months, it just means that so many more people globally are having like firsthand interactions with understanding what an NFT is um, or like why it exists almost. So with that said and looking at it more from that side and just like the maturity of Web3 really being exponential. Um, Web3 Fashion will be riding that kind of like wave and and tectonic shift right alongside it Um, and at even a faster rate because now it has so much starting from five to, to six gear because we're building on the NFT hype that came before it, the DeFi hype that came before it, the Web3 um, you know, just infrastructure build out that's been happening really since kind of Bitcoin even um, w- was formed and launched. So, yeah, I, it's really, really hard to answer, but um, mm-hmm. there's no way to really know where it is going. And even in five years, I mean, okay, in five years, well, that's really like thinking more about like the the 10,000 X scale up, scale up, sorry, of the entire metaverse, um, like where things will be in terms of just more immersivity and different interfaces of how people will be able to conceptualize and understand what the metaverse is. Because right now it's incredibly hard for a lot of people to understand it because they're thinking about it in as a 2D interface because it's all we've really had up until now. When we think about even data, data underwrites everything. In fact, um, you know, almost everything is like a, a data sorting problem in a sense. But we think of data often... Oh, just lost you again, like the peak of, of, of the vision. Emma, I don't know if you uh, are able to uh, to connect again. 
Because that vision was uh, we really like listening to that vision. Emma, do we hear you again? If you can hear me, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah. back. Oh, okay, yes. sorry. Yes. I'm not sure what's happening. <laughs> okay. Must be my connection. No um, but yeah, so I was saying that um, I'm not really sure where I cut out, but I was talking about how data really underwrites everything. I mean, underwrites all content. Yeah. Um, but how we think of data now in a very like web two form, because it's all we've really known up until now is in like lists, rows, columns. But when we think about the metaverse, well, now the just in interpretation of data completely changes the way we query it, the way we access it. Um, and it's becoming completely multi-dimensional. And I re that's really what I'm most excited about over the next five years is that we're going to have that 10,000x scale up in the interfaces of the metaverse, having these immersive environments where we can go, we can interact, um, we can physically be in these spaces. And that's going to change everything. Because once people start seeing it like that, once they're starting to like eat and take in the information like that, um, it just makes everything so much more real. And of course, fashion is, is just fundamental to that. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really excited by on that side. And, and even when, you know, the long-term kind of vision of digital X, and as I said from the start, like being very drawn to space and, and wanting to definitely be um, on kind of that side of history of, of building and engineering more of like space development and um, where that goes is that a larger kind of bigger mission for digital X as well on the fashion front is being able to instigate and work on projects like shape-shifting, the creating these second skins. Uh oh, shit. Lost you again. Um, Emma, if you able to connect again. Um, but you were mentioning uh, Shopify to the audience. Um, the Shopify mentioned that Emma Jane did was um, about bringing Web3 to Web2 and is uh, something that we're with Vandy are working together on with Shopify. So that's pretty cool. And uh, next week, you uh, will see it in the news as the press release will go out next week. But uh, since you're here, I can already share it. Uh, we built together with Shopify, we built an app to bring NFTs to uh, Shopify merchants. Um, so this will be live soon. Emma, are you back? Yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, you're okay, back. Okay, great. Sorry. And that's really exciting news about... Um, Shopify, great. I can't wait to to hear more about that. Um, yeah, so hopefully we don't cut out again. I know we're kind of coming to the end of it as well, but um, it is a bigger yeah. mission of Digital X as well to like work on crazy new ways of, of fashion really being the second skin, being this superpower, this tool yeah. that we can leverage to continue to create um, in the metaverse. So yeah, when you tell me five years, well, my mind's more on that kind of stuff because um, just the maturity of the space will be like, exponentially greater than what we can imagine right now cool amen to that um some company or project that we didn't talk about uh, but when we're mentioning other projects that we're building fashion or building projects within web3 um regarding to fashion is like artifact do you see them as okay they're definitely like an nft and a collector project and a decentralized type of project but is it for you could you classify them as um, Web3 fashion as well with, with the shoe project they had, for instance? Yeah, really good question. Um, yeah, we worked with Artifact. We did, they did an NFT drop on DigitalX back in, I think it was like okay. March, something like that. So um, 
It's really interesting. I, I would say that there's a, a broad spectrum of teams in the space that are designing and creating um, at all different ranges of like digital fashion, NFTs, Web3 fashion. Um, to be honest, because things just move so fast in this market, I haven't been able to keep up with like all the projects. Um, but I know that they work on really cool digital fashion NFT drops and they probably like have some more stuff coming up. Um, so yeah, I, I will need to like dive back in and understand where everyone else is at in the space. But um, I think that the digital fashion is amazing and awesome and i mm. um, excited to see like what else they create in this space too. Me too, me too. Um, yeah, thank you very much. This was a, yeah, a really good expert talk with a lot of good expertise. We don't have like questions from the audience yet, but uh, Stefan from the audience just wanted to share uh, and thank you, uh, a big thank you to Digitalize for making it easy to get into Web3 fashion. I've purchased with Fiat from you and that inspired me to learn uh, more. So thanks from Stefan and big thanks from us as well. This session is being recorded, so we will share it across all channels for people that weren't able to attend or people that attended and wanted to share with someone uh, within their team or friends or in their community. Um, last question from me, and again, big thank you. Um, oh, there is one question for the last second. Uh, question, any SDKs or GitHub? Do you have so, any links for... Uh, yeah, sure, I'll share our um, GitHub, GitHub, sorry. So cool. all of our contracts are open source as well. Um, there you go. And yeah, Perfect. otherwise, thank you. Um, thank you everyone for listening in. Well, thank you, Stefan and everyone else. Thank you. And my last question before uh, you hop off, who would you say that we should invite for uh, for one of the next Fanny Expert Talks? If you had to choose one person in the, in the blockchain space, who would you say? Um, okay, another hard question, but, but a great question. <laughs> um, hmm, look at my Twitter, I guess. I mean, I would suggest probably someone like... Um, Kevin Owaki, I'm not sure if you've had him on yet, but he runs Gitcoin. No. Um, so yeah, he runs Gitcoin and he's a yeah. very kind of like amazing open source developer in the space who's done a lot with the, the broader Ethereum community. So um, yeah, he works a lot on civil resistance and coordination problems uh, within Web3. And he, he does a lot with quadratic voting as well with Gitcoin. So um, definitely is like a wealth of knowledge cool. there about the space. Yeah, thank you, thank you for this. Um, and I have to say, we could talk, or I could talk with uh, with you for uh, for more than than three hours about those topics. Um, but we're gonna have to conclude. And then, uh, with people, if you or people in the audience, if you still have questions or um, if if you still want to continue the discussion, you can do that here in Discord and chatter, or you can go to Digitalize Discord. Um, Emma Jane also shared a community Discord for fashion or Web three fashion designers. Um, to get started and, and yeah big 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 thank you Emma Jane um, good luck with the, with, with the project and we'll stay in touch hopefully great thank you so much for having me